Welcome to Equippers Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Jason Sargent. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Before I start this morning, uh, earlier in the week I kind of lost a bit of my voice and it's, it's starting to come back. Uh, it's mostly back. Uh, but if we get a little bit of range in my voice today, uh, if we hit the odd high note, uh, let's just bear with me. Forgive me for it. <laughs> we'll just own it. So good, so good. Hey, um, it's exciting. Uh, over this last month, we've been working through a series called uh, Beyond Blessed. Uh, and you know what I love about these, these series is that it really helps uh, to, to guide a way to live life well so that you'll see blessing uh, in your life and that you can be a blessing to others. And just looking back over the, the series and, and the notes I've taken, you know, we, we started it with, with, with Pastor Will just reminding us about giving our first. Giving our first in time, giving our first in talent, giving our first in treasuring, just to, and just what that opens up. And, and then through the series, uh, there's been some amazing messages, you know, the, the message uh, on, on generosity and stewardship. And, and the idea that, that these operate as a duo. And it's a little bit like in a, in a rowing boat that you can't just have all going on one side. You can't just have all generosity or just all stewardship because you'll find that you go around in circles. And, and who knows that, that sometimes in life you find you go around in circles. And, and my suggestion is we need to bring some balance back. We need to identify what that area is that, that needs to be balanced out. And that generosity and stewardship is a good thing. We're reminded... Uh, of Pastor Desiree's uh, amazing message just on, on how to manage our finances as well, how to, how to do well with that. And, and it's a thing that Tammy and I believe in, is the, the 10, 10, 10, 70 idea, you know, giving 10%, saving 10% for a longer term, and, and then 10% for a shorter term saving thing, and then the 70% living off that. And it, and it just gives you a freedom within your finances when you live well. And the idea of being obedient to God and all things, that we, are, that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. It's just, it's just incredible how, you know, through series like this, there's, there's always this moment where it's like, man, God, I stand in awe of your goodness. I, I stand in awe of, of how you created me, how you created the person beside me, how you created my family, that, that you created us. That, that we would be blessed, but that we would be a blessing to somebody else. It's just so good. The series been, is based on a promise found in Genesis 12, 1 to 2, from, and I'm sharing this morning from the New King James Version. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. This morning, the, the, the message that God has placed on my heart to share is a reminder, it's an encouragement that, that we are provisioned for mission, that we are provisioned for mission. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you. Lord, I, I thank you for your awesome wonder. I thank you for your awesome power that is at work within us. Lord, I, I thank you that, that you guide our steps, that, that you create a way for us. Lord, I thank you that, that we are connected to you, that you guide us. 
that you make us strong, that you make us able. Lord, I, I thank you for your provision in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you bless us and that through that we can be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, as we continue our word this morning, Lord, I thank you for how you're going to speak to us, how your Holy Spirit is going to encourage us this morning. And Lord, let us go from this place this morning different for having been in your presence here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Before I get into it, though, I just want to uh, remind us about the idea of mission, because I think sometimes we can think of mission, and we think of, of the need to travel overseas to go on mission to some far-off country, and absolutely that is a form of mission, but mission is happening right where you are located. You have been located and positioned for mission in your location, whether that is in your school, whether that's in the university, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's at the school gate whether it's on the side of a sports field, whether it's in the university, down on, on Castle Street, wherever it may be, whether it's here in church, whether it's your e-group, wherever it may be, but you're positioned for mission. And in that place, you are provisioned to provide what is needed, that God has already worked out the plan. He already knows what is coming. He already knows the people that you're going to encounter, what they're going to need, and he has provided to you because he's given each of us Right? He's given each of us treasure. He's given each of us time. He's given each of us talent. He's given each of us testimony to share. Come on, he, he's provided these things so that we may be blessed, but that we will be blessing to others. It's our choice how we use it. There's a a great evangelist by the name of Hudson Taylor. And he, he operated in the, the late 1800s. He went into China and saw thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of Chinese converted to Christianity. But he said this about, about the work and about God's play. God's work done in God's way will never let God's supply. God's work done in God's way will never let God's supply. When we step out, when we go according to his plans, when we follow the path that he has established for us, we will never come up short. That is the promise. Because we get to lift our eyes. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Before we carry on, I just want to share a couple of scriptures this morning to give a bit of a platform. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19 from the New International Version. And, and this is Paul writing to Timothy. And, and to give it some context, so Ephesus was a, a wealthy city. And, and this is Paul writing to Timothy to, to explain how the people can live well uh, and, and how they should manage their wealth, what they, how they should approach life so as they do well in it. And I think, I think of, of New Zealand, and, 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 and we are to, known around the world as a, as a wealthy nation. And, and, and so regardless of our individual circumstances, I believe this applies to us. Paul writes, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be 
proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. That, that idea to, to trust in God, to, to not trust in, in the material things that we have or that we don't have, to not trust in the money that we do or don't have, but, but to trust first and foremost in God. And, and that when we align with His ways, that is when there's a provision, and when there's that provision, that's when we are generous and we outwork it. We do the good works that he set before us to do. Also, as it brings glory to him. To do good. And then in doing so, we'll experience true life. Life in abundance. Life of joy. Of peace. Of freedom. In Mark, Jesus explained in the parable of the sea from Mark 4, 13 to 20. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they will last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still, others like seed sown among, still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. You know, I think back over my own journey, and, and there's been a number of times where, where, where there's been an idea or, or there's been a promise. And, 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 you know, there's been a whole lot of excitement around that and a whole lot of, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into this thing. This is going to be so exciting. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be awesome. And go for it. But, but then something occurs and, and, and discouragement comes in. You get a little bit discouraged and it's like, oh, oh, actually, maybe, maybe that wasn't such a, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And, and, and it's this discouragement, it, it pulls us back. Come on, my prayer is today that, that, that through being in his presence, that we can release, that we can surrender that discouragement to him and go again. Because I believe that that, that, that soil can be created good, that it does become the good soil, the 30, the 60, 100 time return. But, but what about the, those times when, when there's an idea, but, but there's this thinking in our, in our own mind of, oh man, I'm, I'm not... I'm not worthy of this. I, I, I can't do this. I, I haven't been qualified for this. I, I, you know, I don't have what it takes. And, and it's a bit like those, those thorns. They, they get in the way and, and they pull, pull down the, the good thing that can happen. Come on again. It's my prayer this morning that, that as we get in the Word and that, that through 
through this, this time together that, that we can deal with some of those thorns that are creeping in in our life. And we're going to have a time at the end of the service where, where we are going to step into his presence and just let him deal with some of those things. Because I believe that we can, we can turn that, that, that soil which is not good, we can turn it back to good soil. Just through our presence, through his presence, just, just abiding in him. Second Corinthians 6, 7 to 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you'll be, you'll abound in every good work. Come on, the, the provision is directly proportional to what we're prepared to put in. If we're prepared to, to put in a generous, a generous thing, generous with our time, generous with our talent, generous with our treasure, generous with our testimony, then that is what comes back to us to go again, to do it again. And, that, and there's that promise again there that he will bless us abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you have all of you need. We stand on a promise this morning that we can go into this world, that we can step out where he has called us and there will be an abundance of supply. His supply for us. See, it's a bit like Pastor Will talked about stewardship and, and generosity uh, operating in duo with one another. This morning, I'd like to suggest to you that, that, that our, our connection, our alignment to God works in duo with, our, with being prepared to step out, with our faith to step out, to, to do something with what we've been given, to give with what we've been given, to give of our time, to give of our treasury, our talents, and our testimony. That there's a, there's a partnership there, and, and that, that they can't operate uh, in silos. Because, remember what was said. God said, I'll sh- to the land I will show you. So, so it wasn't Abraham deciding oh, actually, I really like this place over here. This looks really, really good. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to set up. This is where I want to have my family. But, but no, it's where God had shown him to go. He will show us. He will make our path straight. He will guide us, provided that we are in relationship and connected to him. But also to get out of your country. You know, there's, there's both the, the importance of the relationship and the importance of us doing something, of us being prepared to sow, of us being prepared to, to, to do something with what we have been given. You know, before working at church, I was working in, in human resources and Thought it was a pretty awesome career, and you know, had plans to become an HR director and all that sort of stuff. And 
uh, and I uh, realized that, oh, to, to do that, I'm going to need to get some international experience, and a position came up which, which was going to provide that international experience, and, and I put in for it, and uh, everything seemed to be going well through the process. Uh, and then it was taking a wee while to, to hear back, and so made a call. It was just before T2, a couple of years ago, um, about six years ago, I think, and said, oh, you know, where are things at? And, and, and got a phone call uh, the day T2 started, and it was the, the recruitment person. They said, oh, yeah, you know, we really liked you, and, you know, you're awesome and all that sort of stuff. But, but this position, we don't see how it fits anywhere in your future. I was like, you what? <laughs> like, this is an HR role. I'm applying for an HR role. I've worked all my life in HR. What do you mean this doesn't? But, but looking back, see, see, I believe that that was a door closing because God wanted to open another door where I got to come and work for a church. Because, there was, because a, a few months prior, I was here in worship, and, and I just felt, uh, God said, you know, you, you've been faithful with your, with your time. You've been faithful with your treasure. Uh, would you be faithful with your talent? I'm thinking, God, you're telling me some worship. Surely you're not talking about my musical talent here, because we all know that's not good. But, but, but no, it was that, that opportunity to, to bring uh, my, my tools, my skill set that I had in HR, and to, to outwork it in the church. And, and at the time, you know, it was a, it was a drop in income, and, and I, I, had, I was anxious because it was like, well, how... Because, you know, operating all this time in, in HR, surrounded by other HR people, you're always getting better off each other. And, and I'm going into church, and, and how will that look? How will that work? But, but through that, there's been just this great peace. But also, this, just, you know, I come across something, and, and, and it's like the Holy Spirit instantly shows me where I need to go to get the answer that I need. Because, because in that moment where you decide to, to step in, God doesn't let you come up short. Right? You're not going to get embarrassed by, by stepping into what God has shown you, where God is leading you, because you have access to all of his supply. And, and as I said, it's not just, you know, we're in church, it's, it's throughout life. You know, it might be on a sports field going and having a chat to, to somebody else. It, it might be in your school going and, and, and sitting beside that person and encouraging them. It, it might be in your workplace, you know, encouraging somebody to hey, that was great what you did. Hey, oh, you're not, I'm praying for you. Come on, we're always on mission wherever we've been located. So I just want to quickly uh, go through this idea of the, the two duos operating in, in, in conjunction with one, you know, the, the being aligned to, to God and and then the, the artwork. And so, but let's start first with, with being connected to Jesus. Uh, turning to John 15, 1 to 17 in the New International Version. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. So just to, to establish this, Jesus is the vine. God is the gardener. We are the branches. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every other, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. 
you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Some branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you'll bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no other than this, to lay down one's one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Come on, the first thing that we are called to, the, the, the priority, priority for our mission is to love. Whether that's to love in our e-group, whether it's to love in our workplace, whether it's to love in our school, whether it's to love on the sports field, come on, wherever we are called, we are called to love. I love that as a church that we love on our city. I love that. I love that that, that, that come Christmas time, we will send over 700 boxes full of food out into our community because we love our community. But here goes the thing. That's 700 boxes full of over $80 worth of food. I cannot afford that myself. It's a great thing to do, but I can't afford it and I can't make it happen. It takes a whole team of people to come together, but it also comes because we have the power of God in it. So when we are working with those organizations that donate food, come on, there is the power of God at work in those relationships that pull off those deals. When, when we arrive here on the Friday night before we're about to do a pack out and some, some boxes have not shown up, that they're still in Christchurch somewhere, we don't even really know where in Christchurch, come on, it's the power of God at work in that situation that ensures that they are here the next day ready to go out because because when we send out into the community it sends love and we're able to do it because we're on mission in the city that we love this city and that we are connected to Jesus that we're prepared to do something we're prepared to spend our time we're prepared to bring treasure into it to make it happen come on love this stuff getting back to the scripture because <laughs> I want to pick up on a couple of really important things that are going on here, right? And the first is, in that very first line, my father is the gardener. Come on, there are times, I know in my world, where, where you know, you're doing something uh, and you don't automatically see the fruit of what it is that you do. You, you, you don't see the change happening that you thought was going to happen. You don't see the, the, the person that you brought along to church raising their hand the first time you brought them along. You, you don't see, you, you don't get a reply. Let me say, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. No, you don't get to see that all the time. 
because, because sometimes that, that, that very seed that you planted and in, in, in doing whatever it is that you did, it's not going to show fruit for, for years to come sometimes. But here goes the thing. God sees it, right? Because he's got the perfect vision to see the fruit. Okay, we don't have the vision to see the fruit every time. Yes, yeah, sometimes we will, but sometimes only God is going to know. And so my encouragement here to someone today, maybe, maybe you're that person who's been inviting someone along every week to church. Keep on going. Keep on going. Don't stop. Keep on going. Because he is the gardener. The second point I want to raise out of this is, is, you know, I used to read this and, and sometimes used to get a little bit like, oh, well, that's a bit harsh. They're going to cut me off if I don't bear fruit. Boom. <laughs> Rough. So I did a bit of study into, the, into this particular scripture, and, and, and what the commentators are saying is that the, the original Greek word, uh, which has been translated to, to cut off, was, was actually ero. And so ero can mean both cut off, but it can also mean lift up. Kind of like the airplane, you know, aero. <laughs> and, and so the idea is that, that, that if there's a branch, if a gardener sees a branch that's not bearing fruit, then what they would do is they'd lift it so that it was receiving greater sun and, and greater rain. That it would start to grow because it had been lifted. And, and so even when, when we feel like we're not bearing fruit or, or something's going on that we're not bearing fruit, that provided we are connected to Jesus, right? So we've got to be connected. That provided we are connected, then we will be lifted up so that we may bear fruit. Abide in me and abide in you. Now abide is the original Greek word meno which means to remain, to dwell, to rest. When we abide in Him, it's a place where we get to dwell, where we get to rest, where we find peace, where we find joy. And so, so the question is, well, well, how? How does that work? A few years ago, I decided to um, sort of, kind of, pretty much take up running. I'm not an extreme runner, okay? But, but one of the things that I decided to do was to, to help motivate me and help encourage me and all that sort of stuff is I'd get a new watch, which would tell me everything that was going on, my heart rate, how many steps I did, all that sort of thing. Uh, and, and part of that too is that it, it also links to my phone. And so if someone's ringing me or if I get a, uh, a text message, then it'll come up on my on my watch, right? And which is great sometimes. Uh, but but sometimes uh, it gets to a point where uh, my phone will be ringing or I get a text message, but it's like no, my watch didn't do anything. It's like what what's going on? And 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 you've got to do this thing where you go into your phone and and you've got to resync your watch to your phone. And and I think sometimes. Uh, as we go through life, as, as we go through ministry, as we go wherever we've been called on mission, sometimes we need to take that moment to re-sync to God. And, and so what does that look like? 
It means praying. What does it look like? It means communion. Coming into a place, into his presence. It means devotion. Being in the word, God, what are you saying to me? Where are you directing my path? It means praise and worship. As I said, the, where, I, where I got the word about the, the sharing of my talent was, was in a moment of worship here in church. So being here and just letting God speak to you means being at e-group. Getting into places where, where you can re-sync because life gets busy, life gets hectic. But, but we can come into his presence and, and re-sync with him. And then we've got to be prepared to, to do something with that. We've got to be prepared to act. We've got to, we've, got to, we've got to have the faith and the courage to take a step out sometimes. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, in fact, it's one of my go-to scriptures, is found in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. It's uh, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Man, just that moment of awe. Almighty power. This is what we have access to, people. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, the devil's schemes. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and have, and after you have done everything to stand. Come on, remember back to the, to, the, to the ground which was full of rock or to the ground that was full of thorns. Come on, this is the way we get to have good soil because, because we don't have to tolerate the, the enemy's lies coming at us, that we actually get to fend them off. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, you may stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying to the Lord's people. It's about being prepared, about preparing ourselves no matter what comes, that we can face it. You know, I love that the, the shield, that it's the size of a door. Come on, if we go around with a, a shield the size of a door, come on, this, the enemy is not going to be able to take us. The, the, the sword, of the, come on, the truth. Standing firm in the, in the boots that he provides to us of, of, of peace. And this whole idea of, of, of the armor, it, it reminds me, it takes me back to that moment between Saul and David just before David goes and takes on, on the giant Goliath. And, and, and Saul tries to give David his armor and, and, and his, his, uh, his warfare gear. 
But, but David knowing, David having testimony of what has already happened in his life, what he has already seen, what he has already overcome with what he has and, and how God created him, knows that he does not need the things that, that Saul had, that he has been created for what he is about to do, that he can have trust in God, that, that at that moment that God will come through for him. It's not about looking across the room and saying, well, if I had what that person had, I'd be able to do it. If, if I was as talented as Kate on the keys, I'd be able to be amazing up here too. <laughs> if, if I had that thing, if I was that person, no, that's not what it is. It's, it's about God created me. He created me unique for what he wanted me to do in this moment, that he is the provision of my supply. It's about that preparation. You know, I've got two fears in life. The first fear is of heights. The second fear is of public speaking. All the way through my life, I've dreaded public speaking. And, and, and so, so to come and stand up here takes some courage. But where does that courage come from? It comes through praying and it comes through preparation. It comes through praying and it comes through practicing. Every day, God, help me today. Help me this morning. Help me get up on that stage and share what you put on my heart. Help me, Jesus. Going on, Luke 12, 22 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who, do you, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? You know, the... That whole idea of him feeding the birds, but, but as it says there, there's no storeroom. It, it, it's not that God comes and just puts the food in their nests. Here you go, here you go, here you go. No, no, if, if, if you've ever watched a bird, the bird goes out all the time, goes out, finds food, brings it back to the nest and feeds the young. Goes out again, finds food, brings it back to the nest, feeds. Goes out again, finds food, brings it back and feeds. This is a pattern that they live by. Come on, we need to establish patterns in our life so that, that we may go out, that we may get the food that we need to bring back to, to supply for that day. That, 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 what does that look like? That looks like, you know, having those established patterns. Going to e-group. Yeah, there's some times when you might wake up and, I, I just don't feel like going to e-group today. I'm tired or I've got this on. No, no, have an established pattern in your life to say, no, I'm going to go because I know I'm going to get fed there and that feed is going to meet a need, whether it's my need or someone else's need that I'm going to come across when I'm in the mission field. But having those patterns in our life about preparing. Pastor Will the other day shared from John 6, 1 to 14, the, the story of the the, the boy who brought the bread and the fish. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, 
that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far they will go among so many. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There is plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they needed. He did the same with the fish. When they, had all, when they all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into this world. Get the team to come and join me. You know, you sometimes wonder about what it was like in that moment for that boy with his, with his fish and with his loaves of bread. And it's like, you know, you, there's this huge crowd and, you know, we're told that there's 5,000 men, but that's more likely to be 25,000 people. And, and here he is at this day and, and he's been called upon to, to bring what he has that he's been identified. It's like, did he, did he wonder, like, well, if I give this over, then that, that, that's the lunch that I had for me or that's the lunch that I had for my family? Yeah, it's going to feed a couple of these people. I, it's not likely I'm going to get any because all these men are going to go first. But, but, but what happened there was that, that Jesus was able to extrapolate that supply, that there is provision there. And, and so not only did all the, men, all the people present get fed, but the boy himself got fed, and there was so much that there was left over. Come on, come on, because he gave what he had. He gave what was in his hand, and there was still left over. He didn't go without he got the supply too. He was blessed as well. It reminds me of a time we used to, Tam and I, we'd, we'd run family e-groups at our home and we'd get quite a number turning up sometimes. And on this particular Friday, and, and also our house was, was quite small, like... Um, the living room would probably be like here to the end of the stage and about that, that sort of width. It was short and it was narrow. And Tammy rang me as I was heading back from Invercargill that day and she was like, hey, got some awesome news and some not as awesome news. 
And it was like, the awesome news is we've got two more families coming along to e-group tonight. And, uh, and I said, oh, that's awesome. So good. You know, so good to connect and all that sort of stuff. And, and I said, so, so what's, the, what's the not so good news? And she's like, no one's texted to say they're not coming. Which, which basically means we're going to have about 40, 45 people <laughs> come to our place that night, and parents, kids, the, the whole, everything going on. And I was like, man, how's everyone going to fit in that house? But, but you know, it, it didn't feel crowded that night. It felt like there was heaps of people there. But we didn't run out of space. We, we weren't limited by by what we had because God made a way because we had said God we're, we're running this e-group for you and, and this is what we have and this is what we'll give and he made a way in that moment put on some great sunshine and we're able to go outside and all that sort of stuff but, but you know the, he's a God that owns a cattle on a thousand Hillsides. He's he's the God that 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 owns everything, and earth and on it. He's the creator of all things. If we would just agree to to step into the purpose that He has for our lives, that we will be blessed, and that we will be a blessing to others. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.